Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill-Smith, and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that we do for love. Dum, 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 be dum, 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 So welcome to episode one. Uh, so Jen, I wanted to do this podcast, um, well, one, because I wanted to hang out, uh, and also because we're both stand-up comedians, and I'm tired of talking about stand-up. So am I. And so we kind of decided, like, some of our favorite stories are about the crazy stuff people do for love, like that astronaut that drove across the country in her diaper. Like, that was a love story. That was a beautiful love story, actually. And it's also, like, a woman who is very efficient. I appreciate that about her. Like, she was. She, she was like, I have no. I only have time for love. I have no time for stops. She was daring greatly in that moment, <laughs> I would say. I think maybe she had read Brene. Shout out to Brene Brown. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I love reality TV and true crime and all that stuff. I'm obsessed with it. But my favorite human interest stories are the ones when people do things that are motivated by love, you know, because they mean well and it's coming from a good place and sometimes things go wrong and sometimes things don't go wrong and it ends up being a beautiful love story. Like, and we've all done stupid things for love. Like maybe you've moved across the country for a guy you've never met. Uh, maybe you started um, dressing goth suddenly and pretending that you've always loved the cure. I may or may not have done that. Or uh, maybe, uh, you know, you shot Ronald Reagan to prove your love for Jodie Foster. You know, we've all done those things. Right, we've all done those we've things. We've all shot Ronald Reagan for Jodie Foster. I mean, like, metaphorically, for sure. He's been metaphorically shot by all of us. <laughs> we love you, Jodie. So, okay, so we wanted to share um, with you guys and with each other some of our favorite stories about dum-dums and love. Um, and we want to get started. We want to start each episode, at least for now, in episode one, uh, with a couple of really silly dum-dums in love. All right. So I'm going to get started um, with a very romantic proposal. Oh, I love a um, romantic proposal. So romantic. Um, so there was um, a 30-year-old Russian wealthy businessman. Ooh, sounds um, sexy. He was very sexy. Actually, his name is Alexei. Sexy Alexei uh, Bykov, who um, he yeah he wanted to propose to his longtime girlfriend Irina Kolikov, so he asked her to come meet him at this very specific location. So she comes out and she comes to meet him, and instead of finding her love beloved, she finds well she does find him, but he is. Um, surrounded by ambulances and cop cars. What? He's laying on the floor and he's completely covered in blood and mangled. But this is a fun this story? This is a love story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, because, okay, she comes across and sees him and, of course, she loses her goddamn mind. She sees him on the floor and um, he's, you know, dead, obviously. Yeah. Until, Ooh. right as she's... You know, on the floor screaming, crying, and in complete shock, he pops up from behind the ambulance and no. says, surprise, I wasn't dead. And um, he shows up with um, one gold mylar balloon and then gets on one knee and proposes to her. Um, of course, yeah, one gold mar- mylar balloon. Balloon. Oh come on, Alexi! I thought he was like a he business was, businessman. Yeah, like he spent um, 
tons of money on he actually paid for a stunt per, like stunt people a screenwriter he paid the police and the ambulance to come create this giant scene and then he gives her one friggin balloon and um, proposes to her and of course she's upset at first but then she eventually says yes no. and they do get married <laughs> And his motivation for this, his motivation for staging this entire thing is he says, and I quote, um, I wanted her to know that life without me wasn't worth living. Sorry, this isn't a direct quote. quote I'm like quoting from memory. <laughs> so to be fair. He, but he said something along the lines of, I didn't want... Um, I, oh, here, here's the quote. I'm sorry. He said, I wanted her to realize how empty her life would be without me and how life would have no meaning without me. What in the F? What? Like, that, what a narcissist. Can you imagine? You know what I think she was probably thinking? Is what? that she was like, yeah, I, I thought about that in that moment. And I thought, yeah, I'm not going to get any of this money unless I marry you. <laughs> oh, my God. That probably was devastating. Do you think she that, was yeah, that she, close? She was, I'm so close to that money. And she's like, oh, you're not dead yet. Yay. Yeah, oh, you will that, be. Thanks for that one Mylar balloon. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear well, the follow-up. Do you think they got well, divorced? I couldn't find if they got divorced or not. But I wanted to say, most proposals are men or women saying to their significant other, um, you know, I can't live life without you because you mean this to me. You are, you you know, you've been this person to me. You're wonderful. You're kind. I love you. I can't imagine my life without you. But this yeah. piece of shit <laughs> is like, let me tell you all the reasons that you can't live without me. You know, like that's so, what a narcissist. But anyway, um, they are not married. Uh, I'm sorry, they are, they did get married. I don't know if they got divorced. I cannot find any of that online. But what I did find online was a picture of the event and the biggest crime. Wait, there's more? Besides the gold mylar balloon, um, the biggest crime was that he was wearing, like, the only way I can describe it is, like, child's play Chucky red overall. <laughs> <laughs> And she said yes. Oh, now I'm judging her. Like, before I was judging him, and I was like, okay, maybe she was just like, you know, didn't know. Maybe this is... But you're going to marry a man who's proposing in red overalls? I know. Like, if you're, again, wealthy businessmen, (laughs) you spend all this money on this, like, scene, and... You didn't even put on a nice pair of slacks. Maybe his screenwriter was like, oh, you know what will pop on screen? <laughs> Some red. Your child's play Chucky Red overalls. <laughs> I apologize to everyone for my for Russian accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. But what's crazy too is that there was actually a copycat fake death proposal no. that happened a Another few years guy? later. Yeah, in. Um, in the Philippines, there was another guy um, that, shoot, I can't find the story. Oh, here we go. In um, the Philippines, there, Jeffrey Del Rio um, faked a motorcycle accident, and he did the same thing. He staged, like, he had the police there and, um, and all these people involved, and when she showed up, she saw him mangled on the floor. And she was so upset that, like, the police had to restrain her. But then he was like, wait, 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 wait. Will you marry me? And she said yes. 
So this is a trend, unfortunately. Fake oh death God. proposals. Is That's like, such like a dude thing to be like, oh, I'm going to show her yeah. <laughs> like, how much she loves me. Yeah, I bet you fucking love me. And then you'll marry me. You'll be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's uh, that's an awesome story, and uh, and fuck those guys. Yeah, totally. Jen, I also have a story. Oh my god, is it dumb? Oh, it's real dumb. It better be. Um, okay, so this is actually it starts kind of sweet. This is about a guy named Dwight Bettner who's fifty two, and he moved to this little town in Florida, um, and he moved next door to this ninety two year old woman named Helen Stodner. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just always cute. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so he's, you know, he starts, he's like doing nice things for her. Like, um, she needed a part for her stove. And so he drove her into like the bigger town of Ocala, um, which I don't want to brag, but I have done comedy there. Lucky. Yeah. At a horse racing track. It was (laughs) maybe the highlight of my career. Um, so he, he drives her there and like, as a thank you on the way home, they stop and have have dinner and um apparently he like goes over a couple other times to help her out with things and um and she's like made him breakfast and made him dinner and they have kind of like meatballs she puts meatballs in his pocket oh, yeah she puts some meatballs in his pocket <laughs> and he, he finds them later and he eats them um and, i mean i that's not it's not in the story that i found but i'm just gonna assume that's that just that's what, what i happened. like to imagine yeah so it sounds kind of like She's like a motherly figure. He says that like once or twice, um, he gave her like kisses on the cheek as like, you know, oh, thank here, thank you for the meal or whatever. But then things take a turn. Oh, God. Um, so it turns out that she is actually develops feelings for him and becomes a little bit obsessed. Like she tells oh, them. Grandma's got a crush. Yeah. I mean, it's cute until you read that uh, she once tried to choke one of his girlfriends, <laughs> which is like not funny, but it's also pretty funny when you think about like, she was probably like, what are you doing? Are you like your old weak lady harms? Were yeah, like, like, oh, what a beautiful necklace. I mean, and then like just started choking her. Yes. Oh my God. Can- Mom was like, oh, you're just like barely hurting me, but can you stop? Because this is weird. Was she- yeah. I wonder if the girlfriend was like just trying to figure out like, are you... Are you choking? Are you giving me like a really weird hug around my neck? What or is um, so anyway, so that was like, you know, I guess his first clue that um Helen was that not something quite. Something was up. Yeah. So um she goes over, Helen goes over to his house one morning, I think very soon after this choking incident, and um and she is like, You be- you better give me a real kiss like I don't want any more of these ch- kisses on the cheeks <laughs> like she I think she was like like she wanted like tongue oh my god I mean she doesn't say that but I, that's what I'm guessing she might have said that maybe she was like give it to me with tongue yeah like put your tongue in my mouth <laughs> right. right now like I imagine it's like can you imagine it's like one of those kisses where uh you know like when toddlers come at you with like full open mouth and you're just like oh gross this is gonna be really slimy <laughs> That's what and I you imagine. just like put your palm on their forehead yeah. and like slowly <laughs> push them away. Like I love you, but ow. Yeah, and he yeah. said he said, Oh well, um he tells her like, No, I can't kiss you because I have a girlfriend. Like not oh you're ninety two. Yeah. And you're my neighbor. Oh, he was letting her down easy. Like I... it's not you, it's me. I, <laughs> you're not ninety two. I'm forty two. <laughs> <laughs> It's not how old you are. It's, it's, not that, it's about how old I am. It's 
not that you're an old bag of bones. It's just that like I'm a young buck. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, so apparently, so she she gets very angry. She goes home and she gets her shotgun. Oh my god! And she starts blasting his house. Like, she, don't worry, she didn't hit him because just like she's the choking, a- she's not a good shot. <laughs> um, and so her her friend. Here's the shots. Her friend Penny hears the shots, goes down to the house and uh, and says in her quote in the thing was like, I think she was upset with him. <laughs> Maybe. It's like Maybe you think a Penny upset. Oh my gosh, so nobody died. No, nobody died. That's why it's funny. Did she go to jail? Was she arrested? You know what? I don't know. They don't say. They were probably just like I mean, you're going to die soon yeah. anyway. <laughs> like house arrest, I guess, for the next six No, days. no, I did. She um, she was charged. She was charged with um, aggravated assault with a firearm and shooting into an occupied dwelling. Um, and But then she was just let out with bail and, the, um, and then said that she can't have any more contact with him. Which is going to be hard for poor Helen because she... She loved him so hard. She loved him so hard. <laughs> I'm willing to bet whatever child of hers had to go bail her out was like fucking again. <laughs> <laughs> Except her Mom. child, her child is probably seventy. So. Yeah, you're right. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Her child was like, oh again. So the grandchild or the great grandchild was like, ah, again, Helen. Damn it. <laughs> well, that's my story of horny Helen. Oh god, horny <laughs> Helen. I love that. All right, so um, with our longer stories, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to start out with like a not nice story (laughs) and then Sally will follow it up with something a little more um, lighthearted to remind us that, you know, love is worth it and love does work out. So, okay, I am going to tell the story. This, the first time I heard the story um, was, um, was a few years ago. It was it it happened in two thousand five. Um, but then I watched the pot. Uh, the, there's actually a really great documentary on it, mm-hmm. which is pretty mind blowing, and it, it goes way deeper into the story. I love a good documentary. Um, me too, dude. This is the story of the tall, hot blonde. Oh, I don't know it. You don't? No. Oh, good, because this one's really, really good. Okay, so in two thousand five, um. A man, a 46-year-old man, his name is Thomas Montgomery. He's married and a father of two. Um, he goes on this online um, chat room that's like for video games or whatever. Um, it's a game site called Pogo. But he goes on this chat site and this girl um, with the screen name Tall Hot Blonde. Mm-hmm. And it's spelled with one L. So mm-hmm. well, I guess regular Tall Hot Blonde was taken. Well, maybe it's Tall Hot Blonde. Maybe. Maybe she never claimed to be tall. She just claimed to be Tal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Tal Hop One um, was um, said, messaged him and was like, hey, I think you might be in the wrong um, game room or whatever. And he was like, why is that? And she was like, because this is for, for teens. And then rather than being like, my bad, and then get out, he's like, oh, shoot. So I'm just going to pretend that I'm... 18 so i can stay in this game room well why why like, did she think he wasn't a teen i don't know maybe he like said something they never really said this was on the documentary okay. but they never really said but he he was in like 
he was trying to explain why he was in this chat room. He was like saying old old man stuff. I like, guess he was like, he was oh, like oh my, my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my taxes. <laughs> Gotta do my taxes and go to work. Figure out this whole Roth RIA business. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, he so she rather than just leave, he pretends to be eighteen. Okay. So then um, they start chatting up. And then after a while, they kind of, and oh, the girl, um, her name is Jessie, and she's mm-hmm. 17 years old. She is um, a tall, hot blonde. Um, she is a softball player. Um, she's in high school. Um, she um, um, starts to send him, like, pictures of her, him and everything, and so, um, so that he can um, keep up with this 18-year-old facade, which was, he called himself Tommy, which is very clever. Yeah. Tom. And his Montgomery. name is Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, he, couldn't, he couldn't think of a better alias. No. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh, Tommy? And, uh, so Tommy sent her a picture of him when he was in, from 30 years ago, when he was in military school or college or whatever. Okay. And so, um, so like, I don't know if, like, she just thought it was a sepia tone or <laughs> She was what. like, oh, I love this filter. Yeah. <laughs> you look so... But if you look at the picture, which we can put on our um, Instagram, which is uh, love, uh, dumb love pod, dumb love podcast, podcast. Yeah, you can see a picture of him. But yeah, it's a really, um, I don't know why she fell for it. Anyway, so so they start a romance, and then um, and then they start an online romance, and then they start like um, having online sex. Oh. Yeah, and which they don't like say any of this in any of the articles, but on the documentary, the online sex was so bad. <laughs> it was so like bad. you're judging the quality of their online sex. Absolutely. Well, I mean, a 17 and 18 year old would be having pretty bad online it, sex and real life sex. Well, he was 46, <laughs> but he was like, well, you know, behind. But he was like, but you know, he's like click clack click clack like you know one finger typing he can <laughs> yes but if so he uses like it i guess i don't know maybe this is an online chat room sex thing but he uses it from like a it puts the lotion in the basket type thing Wait, and he's like it slides it, it um uh, it snake up your leg it, it yes it puts it <laughs> i was like oh my god it's so bad stop, stop. i couldn't even listen to like there needs to be an online like filter like where you like a spell check for sexting where you like write it in and then somebody can go no absolutely not (laughs) i'm gonna write this instead this is not like a cyrano de bergerac right right but it's so bad i implore you to watch the documentary and barf at their sexting but anyway so then um this continues for a while until she starts mailing him things too. Like she starts mailing him, um, like panty. I hate the word panties, but like <laughs> that's what the word for sure. Underwears. She mails him his her underwears, uh-huh. and then um, the wife actually, like Thomas's wife, finds it the, in the, the mail. Panties? Yeah, and I think she had already had some suspicions. Um, apparently, maybe her daughter had clued her in on some stuff. But when she finds the underwear, then she was like, "What the f?" So she writes a letter to jesse and was like and it was very um and you could see it on the documentary it's it's very kind to the girl and she was like it very protective over the the 18 year old and was like 
um, you know, you need to know that this man has taken advantage of you. He is a father, and this is uh, this is his picture, and he's my husband and father of two. And um, you um, need to be safer in these rooms, and you know, just very caring. Wow, I would not. I know. react that way. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know if I would. I mean, I'd be. I'd, well, maybe I would like, be kind uh, to you too, my husband yes. for sure. But because yeah, like this eighteen-year-old, she doesn't know. She thinks she's talking, to, or she's seventeen, and she thinks she's talking to an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, and I guess if you, I mean, they have teenagers themselves, right? So she's so she, probably like, "This could be my daughter." Yeah. Totally. Oh, how gross. I know. And so then she, the eight, so Jesse then um, reaches out to one of his coworkers because he knew, because apparently this guy that's coworker was also in the chat rooms. Um, and his name is, wait for it. Okay. Beefcake. So oh. Beefcake is legitimately, <laughs> he's 22, which is closer to Jesse's age. So he's yeah. a little bit younger, but she reaches out to him and is like, is this true? Is he really a 46 year old man? And, um, beefcake is like, yes, I'm sorry. You know, I'm so sorry he took advantage of you. I like, I don't think he knew that they were having this kind of romance, right? And so then, of course, beefcake and Jesse start, um, like falling in love <laughs> online or whatever. But Jesse is like, not only are they starting a relationship, but Jesse is like getting into beefcake's head and telling him, like, to which is, um, his real name, um, Beefcake. Oh, it's not Beefcake? It's Brian, by the way. It's Brian okay. Beefcake. No, his parents did not name him Beefcake. <laughs> um, so she starts telling Brian, like, to mess with, like, you need to make, like, getting him to make fun of him on the chat sites and really trying to rile um, Tom, Thomas up. Yeah. And so at one point, um, they actually, Thomas even says, like, look, I'm told for you. I'm so sorry. I got caught up in this whole thing. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I let's just be friends. Bye-bye. But then Jesse just um, gets Brian involved, and they start coming after him and getting in his head. And then she is on the side, unbeknownst to Brian, then messaging Thomas and being like, I really, I know Tommy lives in you and I know he's in there. Don't let him die. I love him so much. And then Thomas is like, I know. And he yearns for you too, him and his snake. And so (laughs) teenage girls suck. I know. And so then like, so they start up again too. And she forms this like love triangle and pitting them against each other. And so, um, then at one point, Brian was supposed to go meet her, and he was, and then Thomas was livid. But then, um, you know, of, and then Jesse, like, you know, chickened out and didn't meet him or mm-hmm. whatever. And so um, she starts to pit Tommy against, or Thomas against Brian. And um, to the point where, like, he just, like, loses. And he's 100% responsible for his fucking actions, by the way. Like, he is 100%. He's a grown-ass man. Yes. But she she does, like, really, like, keep keep digging in. Like, keep digging in. So, anyway, so then he, um, like, gets really angry. He says the most, like, vile shit to her and Brian online. Like, terrible, like, racist shit even. Like, Are they all still in the chat room together? Yeah. What? <laughs> I the know. Chat room. They're all crazy. And so, but Brian was just like a 22-year-old kid, you yeah. know, and he was just like, I don't know, whatever. Right. And so then, um, and he was pretty innocent in all of this. He was innocent in all of yeah. this. And so then, um, Brian, uh, Thomas, at one point, just like, loses his shit, 
drives to where he knows Brian's going to be, which is at their place of work. And Brian was sitting in his car late at night and um, he um, because getting off work and then uh, it was on a Friday night and then he fires shots into the car, kills Brian. Oh, no. And then Brian is, um, they, they don't find him until Monday because he didn't have any weekend plans. So he sat in his car the whole weekend. Oh my God, that's and so it's sad. That really so, took a sad turn. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's so it's heartbreaking. And this poor kid's parents, like, you know, they didn't know any of this stuff. Well, and right. So, like, and then can you imagine like... I mean, not that it was so long ago, but, you know, to be like, have to explain to your parents, like, oh, this was all in a chat room. This yeah. is all over someone that he's never met. And then this guy who went crazy over, like, some 17-year-old gross. Like, yeah. his kids and his family. Ugh. So then so sad. they go and... um so the police are immediately looking into all of his, like, into his computer, and they see, you know, all of these messages, and they see this, like, um, this triangle. They traced it back to Thomas Montgomery, of course, and yeah. then they were actually able to find in an old photo that his wife had the shell the shell casings that they found on the scene they in an old photo that they blew up they can see in the background in a gun cabinet the exact rifle oh really yeah like it it's crazy but so they they were able to like place that you that you own this gun yeah. and you said you were going to do it and you did it so he's arrested okay and um but then they try to find Jesse so they go to they drive to Jesse's house and they knock on the door and um a woman a 46-year-old woman named Mary Sheeler answers the door and they said, is Jesse home? And she goes, um, no, that's my daughter. And okay. so then they were like, oh, well, we need to talk to your daughter. And then she breaks down and she's like, I've been using my daughter's name online. No. Yes. <laughs> so, 46, so the woman behind Jesse was 46-year-old Mary Sheeler. Which is kind of funny because, like, when they told Thomas that the woman was 46, he was like, ew, gross. It's like, that's your age, dude. You're 46. He was like, yeah, but women shouldn't be that old. That's yeah. That's so gross. <laughs> no. And so, um, so, but it's so f. Like, she was, like, they found on her computer she had been, like, not only just taking photos of like from her that her daughter had like natural photos that her daughter just had like her graduation photo whatever she was like taking private pictures of her daughter there was even a video that she took of her daughter that went up the her daughter's skirt no yes and they found that she wasn't just sending it to um him she was sending it to a mil like a ton of guys oh this was like her thing this was her thing oh my god your own daughter that is so apt so mary was never charged because back then there wasn't really any internet laws to protect yeah. people so she was never charged with anything she is free to this day but her husband and her children won't speak to her um, oh, you know, rightfully so. I right. totally, and then it was funny because when they, in, I thought it was a little funny when they inter interviewed the dad, Jesse's dad and her husband, normally when there's like some kind of, um, the spouse does something, you know, uh, like this or whatever, the, the other spouse will kind of speak in a way that's like, you know, a little 
empath- sympathetic right, to them like, or well, whatever. Mother, or my children. Yeah, and, and she, she, she made a mistake yeah. and he was just like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy. And it was, it was just like, I really enjoyed the way that the dad was like, uh-uh, like, she's dead to me. Did they and talk to the wife? she's dead to my daughter and I can't believe she ever did that. So they never... Um, so they, she wouldn't agree to be on camera, but they did. Um, she made it. Oh, she's so full of shit, dude. Like yeah. she was like, oh, the real reason that I kept, like, I made a mistake, but the real reason that I kept speaking with him was because um, I wanted. I knew he was a grown man in a teens chat room, and I wanted to make sure that he was only talking to me and not other teens. So she said that she was protecting <laughs> she teens, was protecting. but then she was sending, like, racy photos of her daughter to a bunch. She, like, she's full of shit. Oh she's full God. of shit. And the latest that I heard on this story, so he's still in jail, Yeah. Um, but he's uh, but he only got 20 years, which really? is not enough. It's no. It's not enough, and it's such a fuck you. It was such a deliberate... Um, a, like disgusting violent act but 20 years is not enough and i hope that he and like i hope he gets his and but anyway um and then the mary sheeler didn't get anything she did like you know lose her family in it but i mean whatever but but i the latest that i heard is that she is now trying to write a book about the dangers of the internet no, it's like, fuck you. Oh. I think there should be there are laws right to protect people from gaining. Well, there are, but I mean, she wasn't charged with a crime, so if That's she's not true. charged with a crime, she can she can profit from it. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I just it makes me so angry. But um, I know this is like not a happy love story; it's a sad love story. But it's about the gross things that people do for love or for people who they think that they're in love with, but they don't even know who that other person is. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's like the show, the catfish show. Yeah. And it's kind of like funny-ish. I don't know if that's funny or not. I never watched it, but. It's entertaining. Entertaining. But this is like, this is really it's horrible real and sad. sad and-, and I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot of catfish stories on here because there's just so many and it just shows you like the crazy things people do when they think they're in love. Right. But I think that the general rule should be like, if they're hot, then probably not. If they're hot, <laughs> they're deaf about If the club don't fit. <laughs> must, no, but, but if they're hot, then, you know... They're probably not who they say they are. And if you're not who you say you are, then maybe the person you're talking to isn't who they say they right. are. Right, yeah, you should. So, I mean, at this point, if you're talking to anybody online, I think there's a 90% chance that you're not who you say you are. Oh, yeah, I'm confessing yeah. like five people right now. So. Are you? Oh, my God, I want to I read your chat. <laughs> my chats. I want to judge your sex my leg. <laughs> But that is the sad, sad story of the tall, hot blonde. Oh, that was awesome. I had not heard that. It's crazy. Okay, so we want to also, like you said, do like a like an actual an actual love story. Yeah, you know, something that's like nice and uplifting and and uh, let's kind believe of believe in love again. Yeah, let's believe. Let's you know, we just showed the seedy side of love. Uh, let's talk about a happy story. So um, this one takes place in 1945. Um, in, I'm going to just totally crush this. This is Borovlanka, Siberia, which as we all know is part of Russia. Um, and, uh, and I don't think everybody knows that though. 
No, I know. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's, I know Siberia is. I thought it was its own place, but it's not. Oh. Um, it's like Alaska. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's how I'm picturing it, except bigger, much I don't know. I Don't quote me on that either. Um, okay, so in 1945, so this is like at the end of World War II, uh-huh. um, which the Soviet Union was in, and also which we all knew the Soviet Union was part of the Allies, which right. uh, my husband had to tell me. I was like, wait, were they? He was like, well, they weren't great, but it was like the enemy of my enemy, like right. Stalin... You guys get it. You went to history class. Um, so there was this guy named, his name was Boris, and he was um, the secretary of the Young Communist Party in his town, in this town of, in Siberia. And he was part of uh, Stalin's Red Army, which, I mean, you may judge, but also there was like, nobody had a choice. Like, yeah. over 30 million men were conscripted or, or drafted into the service at that time. And there were like consequences if you if you didn't join or if you even did, just didn't do your part for the for the Soviet cause like right it's just like the draft here you just get like you know the in the for the Vietnam War draft right. there's so many people that just got forced to fight that yes but it, even beyond that it's like yeah. if you just weren't enthusiastic like there right. were these huge from like the 1920s to the 1950s Stalin did these things called purges um, like which were the like, movie? They were like the prequels. Oh my god! <laughs> um, where basically he just like either if you were um, like like journalists and artists and anybody who were not fully on board with the Soviet Union and the communist cause would be either imprisoned or exiled to these outer reaches of Siberia or killed. So oh, like geez. over this like I don't know how, through the purges about 1.2 million people died of their own Russian people. Oh my um, god. Yeah, so this is, you know, there, so there were consequences to not being part of the Stalin's Red Army. So, um and that actually is what happened to Anna Kozlov's father. She is um she's our heroine, I guess, mm-hmm. in our story. So he was a farmer and he refused to work on a collective farm, which is basically like give his give up his own farm for um, I think maybe the Soviet forces. And so he was declared an enemy of the state and he was purged out to outer Siberia. So he was sent to live. Um, I don't. I thought all of Siberia was like outer Siberia, but I guess there's worse parts and better parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anna and her family, the rest of her family, were still living in Borovlanka. Um, and when Boris, this is 1945, Boris was required to make a speech to the town as part of his young communist duties. Um, and then after his speech, the whole village was there. He spotted Anna standing in a circle. Um, and he says that it was love at first sight. Like he saw her. He was like, I love her. He didn't even care that she was a daughter of the enemy of the state. Um, I'm then, always so amazed by that love at first sight stuff. Because like, what if like he saw her in a crowd? And then like, what if as soon as she started talking, she was like, ah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I think then you like never hear like, that story because he's like, oh no, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gonna, yeah, totally. How many people, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, no, I believe in this love story. I'm just saying, like, how many people right. have you seen before and been like, oh yeah. And then, like, as soon as they start talking, you're like, oh my God. You're yeah, terrible. I mean, those are like, I think it's only love at first sight in retrospect. If, yeah, yeah, like, totally. If it works out. <laughs> um, so they dated for a bit. Um, he would like go off to fight. 
Um, and then she'd be there when he got home. And then in 1946, they got married. And three days later, he was sent back to the front. And um, I didn't realize this, but uh, my husband, Ben, was like, oh, yeah, well, 1946, the war was over. Um, but apparently there was still fighting. So that I just want to say I am. I did know that. Thank God we have Ben. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Google is good, but somebody just telling me when I'm wrong, even better. Um, And I'm sure a lot of these details are not quite right. So just, you know, know that. Put everything with like a red marking pen in your in your head. You can correct me. Um, So three days later, he was sent. He was sent to after they got married. Um, But while he was gone, Anna and her family were also declared enemies of the state, like her father, um, and they were sent to outer Siberia. Um, and there was no, like, they weren't allowed to leave a forwarding address. They were just sent. They were... Yeah, just yeah. taken. Taken. Yeah. And so, and she says she, Anna said that um, she threatened to commit suicide because she couldn't live without Boris, um, but she was forced to leave. I mean, her family made her go. She was young. Um, and she said it was the most miserable time of her life. Um when Boris returned, she was gone. So they looked and looked, um, but he couldn't find her, and nobody, nobody was, um, nobody was helping. So, um, in when this new town, her mom was basically like, "You need to move on," and she was like miserable. Anna was miserable. She wouldn't do it. So her mom eventually she burned all of Anna's pictures oh, and letters so from cool. Boris and that sad. Yes. And and brought this new guy and was like, You need to you need to marry this new guy. And Anna took a rope and went into the barn and was gonna hang herself. And her mom stopped her oh, and was okay. just like, get over it. Like, this is your new life. I mean, it's harsh, but it also is yeah. true. It's like we can't go back. This is our life now. I know you love him, but you need to you need to make a new life here. And so she did. She got. She married this other guy, um, and um, and Boris also, after looking for Anna for years, also remarried. Um, and so then, fast forward years and years and years, um, they both, uh, that both of their spouses died, um, and and you know the the Soviet Union broke down, and Anna could travel, and so they were no longer. So um, they were both eighty. This was in. Uh, 2008, um, Anna was home for a family wedding. She was back in this, their small town of Borvolanka. And Boris happened to also be there um, visiting his family's graves. And so they both just randomly are on the same street. He sees her standing outside her old family home. They lock eyes. They recognize each other. And they were like new instantly Aww. that it was each other. Um, and they talked all Love night. Love second Yes. Sight. So they talk all night. They fall back in love or maybe they never fell out of so love. So they're not married anymore? No, so neither one had a spouse. Oh, good. And then they got remarried. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't it really sweet? And um, so she, she said... I saw. I thought. I. I thought my eyes were playing games with me. I saw this familiar-looking man approaching me. His eyes gazing at me. My heart jumped. I knew it was him. I'm crying with joy. Aww. Um. And he ran up to her and said, "My darling, I've been waiting for you so long. My wife. My life." Oh my God! It's so very like poetic. he said, "My wife." Before, like when you first saw her. Yes. Oh my God. 
And so she, um, so he he asked her to marry marry him again, and um, and Boris said, I said I felt the same. Um, I couldn't take as as he did the first day he saw her. I said I couldn't take my eyes off her. Yes, I had loved other women when we were separated, but she is the true love of my life. And um, when he asked her to marry him, she was like, I mean, we can just live together. <laughs> we're real old. But then yeah. she said he insisted, and then she said, I never thought I'd be a bride at my age, but it was my happiest wedding, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> she's Aww. had lots of them, but um, and then. She said, since we found each other again, I swear we haven't had a single quarrel. We've been parted for so long. Who knows how much time is left for us? So I just don't want to lose time on arguing. Isn't Aww. that beautiful? So that is the story of Boris and Anna. I love. love that I know. story. And, and F you, Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> and I will put up the pictures of them as young people. And then they're like the cutest old couple. Oh, cute. Um, we'll put it on our on our Instagram, um, which is Dumb Love Podcast at Dumb Love Podcast. Um, okay, All right, so those are our stories, and um, and so we wanted to end each episode, well, at least uh, this first episode, with um, <laughs> something dumb that happened this week, and then something that we love that happened this week. Um, so I will go first. My my dumb thing was. Um, so my husband made this really great meal. Give it up for Ben again. I know. Ben, he's, he's so great. But he, so he, he made this great meal, but it like instantly made my, made me sick. Like I, like when I ate it oh, the night. Oh, yeah, trying I, to kill you? Yeah. Yeah. Give it up for Ben. <laughs> trying to kill me again. Um, and, and so, and then what was so dumb was that I, the next day kind of forgot and then ate it as leftovers and I'm not gonna and you're not gonna believe this it made me sick again like it's so dumb dude I don't blame you though because it's like if you have food cooked for you and it's sitting in the fridge in your home by yourself like right. what else are you gonna do <laughs> I mean you I was eat just that like food. yeah well we'll give this a shot again <laughs> <laughs> at least we'll know for sure that was a fool me once type situation <laughs> fool me twice I'm throwing up again yeah um, <laughs> So that was dumb. And then um, the thing I loved was that, so it was my 13th wedding anniversary. Yay. Yeah. We thanks. love love. We love love. And um, but and that was wonderful. And I, I do love my husband. That is the thing. But what was um, really awesome was that you sent me a message on my anniversary asking if you could take care of Max, my kid. Well, Ben and I went out. And that was so nice. It made Aww. me so happy. I was like so like... <clears throat> Um, touched by that, it made me almost cry. Oh, I mean, I didn't because so I'm like I don't, cool. Yeah, don't cry. Uh, no, that's awesome. I'm glad that it meant that much to you. Yeah. It was really just like it's so easy for us to like just take Max and the kids play and they distract each other and then you can go have dinner. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. And if you're listening, give me your kid. <laughs> Jen will take your kid. I'll take your kid. Just go <laughs> go have fun. No, oh, I'm glad that we could do that. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you moved here. I'm glad that we're friends. I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I think it was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. Um, so d- my dumb thing um, this week was, um, my dumb thing was I turned 39. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> Why did you let yourself but, uh, do that? <laughs> No, really, I don't think it, I don't know if it had something to do with my birthday or not. It, it, my dumb thing really isn't turning 39. My dumb thing was that I um, had this really terrible set the other night. I've never had anything like this happen. It wasn't like a bomb, like a regular bomb. It was a, 
it was like a I like while I was on stage I had a full on like existential crisis like what am oh. I doing what am I doing with my life why am I doing this everybody hates me I'm not funny I'm a terrible mother I'm a terrible everything <laughs> I'm a terrible comedian like on stage yeah like nobody Just, like all tell. going on in your head yeah nobody could tell I was like I, they I was on autopilot with my joke so it was just like an okay set but in my head, I was having a full-on mental breakdown. Oh, that sucks. So, I've been there. Yeah. And so when I left the room, I like the green room, I tried to sneak out the back door. But um, then my two good friends, um, Catherine Blanford and Ian Aber, were like, oh, we'll walk you out. And I was, by the time I had already shut the door, I had already like unleashed the tears. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, and then I, so then I had to talk to him. But the, the good thing was... That I, so I was feeling really down about myself. Um, and then uh, my birthday was two days later, so I didn't want to do anything for my birthday. I didn't care about my birthday at all. And then, but what I loved was that it was like right when I wasn't caring about my birthday, it was the like, it, and I feel like it always happens like yeah. that. That's like everyone comes out of the woodworks and says the nicest things and the kindest things and shows so much love. Right. And it made me like realize that it pulled me out of my funk and it just made me realize that like I'm so lucky. I have so many amazing friends. I'm not a total piece of shit. I'm an okay comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty good mom. It was just so it ended up being like the best birthday. Um, and I just I'm so grateful for everybody for pulling me out of that funk. Yeah. So that's something that I love. Well, I'm sorry that happened, but I'm also glad that you realized how dumb it was. Yeah, that was <laughs> I dumb. mean, just in, not that it's that it happened, but it's dumb because none of those things are true. Oh well, thanks, man. You're welcome, man. Not All true right. today. <laughs> not true today. I mean, sometimes I know you're a shit mom. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm shit. Um, but we um, so those are our things that uh, you know are dumb and that we love but we really want to hear from you guys that's what's um important on our, on our future podcast we would love to feature stories of dumb things that you have done for love like yes. what are your love stories like dumb nice dumb not nice we want to hear it um we want yeah to embarrassing true love yeah or infatuation whatever someone in your family someone that you don't mind sharing you know um we want to hear those stories so Email us at dumblovepod at gmail.com and send in your stories and you might hear it on a future episode. Yeah, and would... please uh, rate and review on iTunes and wherever. And subscribe. And subscribe. Subscribe, <laughs> yes. And, subscribe uh, but only, yeah, only nice things. We only want nice things. <laughs> yeah, you can write what's, what you love about the podcast. Yeah. But save the dumb things about the podcast for your private emails to us at dumblovepod. <laughs> At gmail.com. But yeah. um thank you for listening. This was really for, fun. Thank you so much. Alright, we'll see you next time on Dumb Love. Dumb, dumb.